0: Welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. Today's topic is going to be about losing and how much it sucks to lose. It's um a topic I talked about briefly on episode 2 and I figured why not have a whole episode dedicated to it and it may be going a little deep into psychology and just to forewarn everybody ahead of time I am not. A psychologist I do not have any training in psychology I am not a psychiatrist I don't have any training in that I am not a therapist I am not any of that but a lot of these are I wanted to talk about it because I have a lot of experiences with losing um just so you know a little bit of a background story it's I've I'm a very competitive person um Anyone who knows me knows how competitive I can get. It's it's sort of a fault of mine where, you know, growing up I've always been in competitive sports. Um when I was a kid, I played baseball, and then when I was a teenager up until my mid 20s, I was in martial arts. So I've been to a lot of tournaments, I've lost a lot of tournaments, I've won a lot of tournaments. Um been in a lot of fights. Um, lost a lot of fights, won a lot of fights, Um, same with baseball, played a lot of games, lost a lot of games, won a lot of games. So I feel like, you know, I I can give some advice on what it's like to lose and how to go through the motions of losing and how to lose a little bit more gracefully. Um, Before we dive into that, let's talk about... A little interview I did with my kids and how cute they are. I asked them a few questions about magic and what they love about it. So here, just take a listen. I'm here, joined with Jazzy and Zoe, my two lovely little girls, and I just want to ask them one quick question. Yep. What is your favorite thing about Magic: The Gathering? Jazzy, go. Yes. Okay, my favorite is about you know how like the pictures are on them and stuff like that. I like how they like have the pictures really beautiful and stuff like that. All right, that is awesome. All right, Zoe, how about you? Well, I like when you shuffle the cards. And we have a graveyard when somebody's dead. (laughs) We have a great what? A graveyard. A graveyard when someone's dead? You're right, we do. So, what is your favorite color in Magic? There's five colors in Magic. White, blue, red, black, and green. Green, 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 green. All right, what about you? Mine's red. Okay, so there you have it, folks. Um, let me see. What else can I ask? Um, what's your favorite card in Magic the Gathering? Hmm. The Forest, because it's mana and stuff. There you go. And what about you, Zoe? What's your favorite card in Magic? The Island. The Island. Ooh, we've got a true blue player here. She is going to be a spell slinging control player and. My oldest, being a green player, will definitely love elves forever and big creatures. Hold on. Giant spiders and stuff like that. What, did you want to say something, Zoe, about magic? Yeah, but when you go to magic, there's a lot of places to go. Like bowling! (laughs) (laughs) What, can you play magic at bowling? (laughs) Sometimes! Sometimes it's you can crazy. play. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're insane. No 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 no. I've had a birthday at the bowling alley. You want your birthday at the bowling alley? Yes, I yes, yes, yes! Are we gonna play magic there? <laughs> no. What are we gonna do bowling? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Alright, there you have it folks And that is my kids Thank you for listening Thank you Bye Say bye. bye Bye See ya Oh man, they are just so ridiculously cute, and I love them so much. They are, you know, pretty much my life. So, I hope you enjoyed that little tidbit. Maybe I'll have them on for asking them other random questions like, Who's your favorite Planeswalker, and why is Jace the f- best one? Um, so, what's been going on in my personal world of Magic? Um, I didn't get to go to Monday Night Modern um was just a little bit too busy that day and so i decided to go on magic online and draft um just for those who don't know magic online is officially supported by wizards and it's just like playing paper magic it unfortunately has some of the same prices as paper magic as booster packs and you know intro packs and decks and stuff like that and you have to pay real money to play i mean it's not it's not the greatest but you know especially if you can't go anywhere and play some magic and you really want to get some playing in and drafting done it's you know it's a good alternative it's i mainly use it for drafting because it's when i've tried using the free sites for drafting they just never seem to pan out they never um and plus you only get to play like one game and then everybody else quits after that and it just gets frustrating um yeah, that's what I like about magic online drafting is I can draft anytime and, you know, keep the cards I get. And then I usually sell any of the rares or really good cards that I end up drafting and use those to get more tickets. Cause magic online uses a ticketing system where you have to spend so many tickets to be able to play a drafting event or a constructed event. so I try to go what they call infinite where you try not to spend a lot of money on it, but eh, you know, I, it's, I only use Magic Online here and there, not very often. It's like I said, when I want to get a draft in and my local game store doesn't draft that much, I go on there and do a draft for a few hours. Um, I drafted last night and did terrible. I was completely unsure of what colors I wanted to exactly go. I ended up I was originally drafting white and blue. And then, what was it, halfway through the second pack, there was no white. I kept on drafting nothing but blue. Then I started taking some green. And so it became a Simic deck. Simic meaning green and blue. And it was, uh, I mean, I went one and two out of three rounds. And the first round, i it was pretty damn good. Uh, Saddleback Lagac Legla- is a pretty awesome draft card. If, uh, let me pull up what Saddleback Legac is. What is it when it enters the battlefield? When Saddleback Legac enters the battlefield, support two. Support two means put a 1-1 counter on each of up to two other target creatures. And the Saddleback Legac kind of looks like that lizard from Star Wars Episode 3 that Obi-Wan was riding. And the, um... I don't remember the name of that planet, the planet where he fought General Grievous, and at that card, especially the Saddleback Legac, it turns out to be a pretty dang good magic card, and so like I said, I ended up going one and two in the night, and didn't do that great. Um, in other Magic news, the second block for the Shadows of Innistrad set. Was announced the other day. I think it was announced on Monday, which was yesterday, since I'm recording this on Tuesday. And by the time you hear this, it'll probably be Wednesday or Thursday or sometime in the future. But that's beside the point. Um, The second set was announced, as I said, it's called Eldritch Moon. And it looks like it is coming out July 22nd. And it looks, I mean, I'm pretty excited. It, I mean, usually summer sets are when they're core sets, but now that they're gone, it seems like they're really um, pushing out the release dates almost. Because just going by last year, what Fate came out in January or February, and then in April, I think, or no, April or early May, Dragons came out, then Magic Origins came out. Now we have Oath just came out last month. Shadows of Innistrad is coming out April. Now this one's coming out July. And then the next set is probably going to come out September, maybe. No, probably October, early October. So, yeah, it's, I'm pretty excited. I hope it brings some good cards. I'm I'm excited because I'm, eh, I mean, Tarkir while I really do enjoy the set, it's getting old. And, you know, Siege Rhino needs to go. As everybody knows how much Siege Rhino is awesome. And that's really it for major magic news. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I could mention the Pro Tour. I think I said, what my last podcast that, hey, I hope it's Eldrazi versus Affinity. And it ended up being Eldrazi versus Eldrazi. And now Eldrazi is going crazy, and people in Modern are going crazy. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go too into it, but it just seems like a lot of people in the Modern scene are up in arms, and they're wanting a ban soon for this Eldrazi deck. But time will tell. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm not looking forward to seeing what my local meta is going to be like. With Modern because right now I'm so close to being done with my Delver deck. And I'm already done with my Elf deck. So I I, I don't think either of my decks are going to be able to face the new Eldrazi Overlord Onslaught. But we'll have to wait and see. So let's get into the main topic of losing. As I was saying um, this sort of topic is a little bit near and dear to me. Because I've experienced a lot of loss and competitiveness. And if you're really interested in taking that step from going to the kitchen table to your local game store and possibly going up higher in the ranks of not just F&M, but going to, you know, invitational qualifiers, pro tour qualifiers and the likes, you are going to lose and you're going to lose a lot. Some people's personalities can just handle it, handle losing a lot, um, and just be fine with it. People like me and probably others, just, you know, you can only lose so much and start to get mad and frustrated and just start to, you know, wonder what the the heck am I even doing? Almost slipped there, if you couldn't tell. Um, Just what am I really doing? And I'm just not getting any better why do I even bother Um, it's definitely something really tough to battle with yourself it's all in your head it's very mental Um, so I'm just gonna go over some tips and tricks and we're gonna go little deep into the psychology of it of losing Um, you know first things first just as I said before You're going to lose. And you're going to lose a lot. You are... When you start going to even your local game store. And you start playing against people who are normally playing what they call the top tier decks. Depending on the format. Even if you're doing limited. you If you don't know what you're really drafting. If you're not familiar with drafting or sealed. You're most likely going to lose and that's okay because it's very easy to get mad and frustrated because you know you may think highly of yourself you may think hey I shouldn't be losing like this oh my gosh I lost to a 10 year old kid or you know I lost to someone who didn't seem like they knew what they were doing and you know I lost anyway um Try not to set high expectations for yourself, especially when you're first starting out. The ho- only expectation you should set for yourself is playing better. Play better than you did the last time you went. Play better than you did a month ago. Do not, fo- do not focus on winning. Focus on playing better. Focus on playing seeing the ins and outs of each play and understanding each deck that you're playing, whether it be draft or constructed, it's best to absorb as much information as you can when you're new, because winning will come when winning is just a byproduct of you becoming a better player. If you're not willing to put in the time and effort to learn the game and learn the meta game quote unquote and learn, you know, the ins and outs and nuances of playing and, you know, ways to play certain cards. You're, if you're not interested in that, then, you know, why bother? really trying to get into being competitive. Um, If you're still new, realize you have a long way to go to get better. Um, a little example I like to give and what I used to give when I used to tell people when, um, I taught martial arts was, you know, everybody started out as a white belt, you know, a white belt being, you know, an absolute beginner. And, you know, I, I remember I used to spend hours practicing, not only at the, at the studio, but at home when I was a kid, you know, practicing kicks and forms and, you know just trying to make myself better. And, you know, I remember telling those stories to, you know, a lot of my students and just saying, just trying to like, if you want to get better, you need to put in the effort for it. You need to put in the work. Cause it's, cause if you really want to get your black belt, you know, it's not going to be handed to you and you can relay that in magic. If you want to get better at magic, it's up to you. It's not up to anyone else. You need to put in the effort for it. No one's gonna hand you the wind. The win, not the wind, you know. Um, you know, and just realize that it's the higher up you go and magic it's, the harder it's gonna be. Um you know, and just remember the fact that everyone was new once. Everyone was new at magic at one point. And, you know, just even some of the greatest pros that have come into this game, they were new ones. They they would look at a card, I've got a little pile of cards right here. They may look at a card like, you know, I've got a Lightning Bolt in my hand right now. Lightning Bolt is a 1 mana, 1 red mana cost instant. Lightning Bolt deals 3 damage to target creature or player. I bet there have been pros when they first were playing saying, hey, Lightning Bolt is a terrible card because they didn't like it for whatever reason it's not I don't know a Shivan dragon which you know back in the day that was a pretty good card but right now Shivan dragon is a terrible card Shivan dragon being the six mana cost you know five five flying dragon which you know back in the day in magic's early years that was really good but you know I mean it's it's different it's different for everybody. Um, like, Well, like I was saying, everyone was new once. And just because you may not catch on as quick as others does not mean anything. If you really want to put in the effort for it, keep at it. Don't stop. You know, everybody learns at a different pace. Everybody learns differently. Everybody adapts differently in terms of the game. You... You are your own person, and just remember that. Um, the next little topic is learning from your mistakes. One of the best things that I always do, and have done, and still do, is I'll ask my opponent for some tips and tricks after the round is over. If I felt like I didn't understand their deck Or I could have them look at my deck and be like, hey, what are some of the things I could have done better? You know, hey, at this point of the game, you know, you played this creature. Should I have, you know, countered it? Should I have stopped it? Should I have killed it? You know, because you may not know exactly what your opponent has in store if you did kill it. You know, what if you... What if you decided not to counter it, and then as soon as that creature gets on board, boom, he wins the game. You know, how different would the game have gone if you had countered it or killed it right away? Would he have just been able to get another creature out? You know, it's little things like that that you need to to be thinking about, especially if you win or lose. I mean, if you win the round or, you know, a match, don't think don't think oh man i did really well you know maybe there was a part of that game where you could have won a turn or two earlier to you know maybe you misplayed maybe you forgot to put a mana down or you forgot to swing an attack or pump up a creature something you know even look at the game even look at the rounds that you won too and you know Ask your opponent, hey, you know, how come you didn't do this or that? And it's not really trying to brag or get in their face about why they didn't win or anything like that. It's really more of trying to understand, you know, just really trying to understand their thought process of it. You know, really trying to understand, okay, they could have done this, but they didn't. Did they not have that card in hand? And it's something like that. Um, And always remember hindsight is 2020. And um in the game of magic it's something we all fall prey to where you know you lost that match and as soon as you lost you realized oh crap I could have won if I had played giant's growth which gives a creature plus 3 plus 3 or I could have won if I had used counter spell. You know, it's really easy to think that and Remember, it's really important to remember that, especially with your deck, remember that, hey, and especially with your opponent's deck too. remember that, hey, I could have done this the last round. If he tries to do this again, I'll remember that next time. So, for example, let's say he tries to play a goblin turn one and somehow turn two or turn three. He pumped that goblin up so quickly that you lost. This is just an example. Um. You know, next time you play him in, that, in the next game or the next time you're there, you can remember, oh, hey, he played this goblin turn one and it has the potential of doing 20 damage on turn three. You know, something like that. It's, it, it's important to remember the games that you lost as well as the games that you won. That way you take that information and dissect it and understand what you can do better next time and adjust your deck accordingly you know you can you can research what cards are available in the constructed format of your choice and you know ask don't be afraid to ask for help look online there's plenty of online resources for you to go to there's reddit Um, one of my other favorite websites that i love going to is mtgsalvation.com you know not a plug by the way it could be it could be a plug you know whatever yeah 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 yo 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 um but um you know they have really good deck primers as they call it deck primers being they go into great detail about you know certain decks you know whether it be in standard modern legacy and you set up an account and ask questions i i I really enjoy that site because you'll get insight into a, people who are grinding tournaments every day and they'll be able to tell you hey why, why this card is better than this other card. I mean, one thing is they may not come off as, you know, the polite, you know, the most polite people, but no, their moderation team is pretty good. They're pretty good at um, you know, with the crankiness of the users. Um, Another thing is what I've noticed, especially with a lot of newer players, is when you're new and not really sure of, you know, the deck you may be playing or the cards, um, it's important to communicate with your opponent that, hey, you know, I'm still new, I'm trying to learn, you know, I don't understand some of these cards, whatever reason, it's because you may get some people who the not so nice people who think you're playing slow on purpose because what happens is if you go to time so to say in a round um you have 50 minutes to complete a round um and that the round is you know best two out of three meaning whoever wins two games up to two games you know wins the round so if you go to what they call time you have was it six turns after that turn zero one two three four five um and you know if no one is dead at the end of turn five you draw you know both of no one wins so a, a lot of times especially when you get up to higher level tournaments um you have to be careful with playing slow because your opponent could misconstrue that for you purposely trying to run the clock trying to make the you know make the round go or you make the turn, your turn go longer than it should Um, with F and M, you know, that's more casual and, you know, you'll still get some players that are thinking that, Oh, Hey, you know, you're not playing fast enough. You're trying to draw and they'll, you know, they'll pitch a fit. I've seen it happen. It's, but like I said, it's, it, I feel like it's important to communicate with your opponent. If you are, playing slow you know especially if you feel like you you yourself you're not 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 that you're not understanding but you're not sure of what moves to make um just tell them hey i'm new you know i'm still trying to figure out what to do you know so bear with me and you know it, you hope that the person is going to be like oh yeah sure no problem bro or yeah no problem man yeah okay uh, but then you'll get some people just like scoff at you like ugh ugh, peasant, and just roll their eyes at you. Um, but yeah, just, if you notice that they're a fast player, don't feel rushed, especially at Friday Night Magic. That That's supposed to be casual, a good time, but it's also a good time to learn to play better Magic, you know? I'm not saying to not take it seriously, but don't be like so stressed to the point where it's like as if you're at a bigger tournament. You're not supposed to feel like that. Um, The next little topic I'd like to talk about is the only way to get better is to keep playing. That's true for a lot of stuff. Um, In life. It's the only way to get better at something. Is to keep doing it. You know. Like martial arts for an example. The only way you get better at doing it. Is to keep. You know, Or the only way you get better at martial arts. Is to keep doing it. Um, one of my favorite Bruce Lee quotes. Is it goes a little something like. I mean this is not verbatim. But it goes a little something. Fear not the man. Who knows 10,000 kicks, but fear the man who practices one kick 10,000 times. And you can take that in magic too. You know, if you're really interested in just one format, such as you're really interested in standard, practice that format. Know it inside and out. Um, study the metagame. Study what you know, the people, you know, even the pros are doing and study what your local meta is doing. If you want to get better, um, you know, and I mean, practice, you know, or don't practice, you know, 10,000 kicks, you know, practice all the decks, you know, don't practice just one deck because what if, you know, next week that deck gets completely hated out and no one, you know, every Person you can go up against oh they're able to easily beat you I mean eh, you don't that's kind of no fun you know you want to be prepared ahead of time that if a certain deck that you're playing falls out of the f- falls out of favor in the meta you know you want to adapt to it right you don't want to just keep playing something that you're losing at um like it's, oh saying that um one of the Best things that I do for practice is, as I mentioned before, there's magic online. The downside to that is if you're like me, where I would rather spend my money on paper magic, I can't see myself spending that much money on magic online. Um, I'm it, it, don't get me wrong, it's still a really good program and I love it, but I just can't. Invest wisely into magic online in terms of playing constructed. Yeah, if I'm doing draft, that's probably more expensive in the long run, but I only do maybe one to two drafts a month, M- maybe two to four drafts a month. I mean, that's but that's few and far between. It's not it's not very often. Um, But there's two programs that I always like recommending to people to use if you want to play and get better. That's Cockatrice and Mage. Cockatrice is a free, I mean, they're both free programs. Um, you get all the cards you want. Um, the one thing with Cockatrice is it's a little bit harder to use because it does not have a rules engine in place. Meaning that when you play a game, it's like you're playing face-to-face in a sense that you yourself have to remember all the rules with Like with Magic Online and X Mage, it does all the rules for you. So you don't have to remember to untap all your cards. You don't have to remember to, when you tap a creature, like, oh, hey, this creature's attacking. You know, you don't have to tell your opponent that like you do on Cockatrice. X Mage is another good program. I don't use it as often because it can be buggy and. eh, it it can also be a little bit slow. It really depends. It's I'll try to I'll try to use X Mage. You you know, every so often it's I prefer Cockatrice because it's quicker. Um it's not as buggy. It's a little bit more stable, but either either is a fine program to practice on. Um, You know, X Mage is good if you don't feel like doing the rules or you know having the rules be done for you. Uh, it's just it runs off of java and knowing anything about java is it's not the most stable um another thing is just like when you're studying for a test you know for school uh for your job for whatever whatever it is don't overexert yourself when you reach your limit stop just stop you know if you're if you're really focused on getting better at magic and, you know, it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so excited about Friday night. Um, you know, I'm going to practice Monday through Thursday every night when I get home, you know, and just, you know, go online and just grind against, you know, these decks and just, you know, like, oh, OK, I'm going to I'm going to learn. I'm going to get better and, you know, watch watch streams, watch videos and, you know, learn how to play better. Just just understand that you're gonna get burnt out, I mean not not just burnt out, but your your brain, after a while is going to not be able to process information when when you tire yourself out like that. It, you're gonna get to a point where your brain will literally reach its limit and stop processing information or taking in new information. you're gonna start getting sloppy, for instance, what I recommend doing at that point is step away, go do something else, focus on it or take a nap, go to sleep. You know, if you're practicing every night, you know, step away, watch a movie, you know, have a drink, something like that and just sleep on it. Because when you wake up in the next morning, you're going to feel refreshed and you know, you'll be able to heck, you know what? You may not even you may not even want to practice magic at that point. You may just want to be like, alright, you know, today I'm just gonna take a day off and relax and, you know, I'll go back to it later tonight or maybe tomorrow. You know, it's remember, if if you're just going from the kitchen table at not don't, don't pressure yourself to get better quickly. It happens over time. Because remember, you're not getting paid to play magic. You're not getting paid to be the best magic player you're like i said you're going from your house to a game store and you're just interested in wanting to get better you know maybe you have some aspirations of maybe reaching the top of the you know pro pro list one day and you know that can happen if you focus on it but don't burn yourself out on it that's the worst thing you can do you know just trying to burn yourself out too quickly um you know when you when you're first starting out don't make it your goal to win make it your goal to become a better player as i think i said that a little bit earlier a few top or a few um you know little topics up you know just if you if you focus on becoming a better player the wins will come as i said before the wins are a byproduct of you becoming a better player Um, just as a little example i was looking this up the other day oh is it pros win percentages because when you look at the very best of the pros their win percentages are not very high Um, you know hold on let me look at it pro player wait no hold on MTG Pro Player Win Percentages. I'm just Googling that real quick. Um, is that the latest they have Pro Tour Pro? Hmm. Been talking too much, getting my tongue tied. Pro Tour Theros Statistics. Do they not even have like Born of the Gods or something? Um. So let me find some pros. That are pretty well known to everybody. Um, I can't pronounce some of these names. Hold on one second. John Finkel. He was at Pro Tour Tour Theros. John Finkel, if you don't know, he's one of the more prominent pro players on the Magic Circuit. He's been playing... Oh, geez, forever. I don't. I don't know when he exactly started. Did he start in the beginning? I could look it up, but now he's um he's one of the more well known pros, and he's he he's really high up there. He's really, really, really good from what I've seen him play. But um, when you look at his win percentage, just at pro tour pro tour, I don't know why I can't say that. I don't know if it's because I'm tired or what. But the last pro tour, um. And not last pro tour, but pro tour Theros, he had a win percentage at that PT of 63.82%. I mean, it's over 50%. That's really good, but there's still, you know, 37% of the games he's still lost or no, 27% because I know how to math really well. I'm really good at math. Um, you know, look at Reed Duke. Reed Duke here had fifty-four percent win, and he is a really good player too. You know, Brad Nelson. There's another one, sixty percent win percentage. Josh Utter Layton, sixty-one percent. You know, Th- these are just examples of. You know, even the best of the best don't always have the best win percentages. They lose just as much even more than you and I do, you know, to them, losing is just another step for them of getting better, you know? All right. One of the last things I want to talk about, and it's something a little bit more personal for me. Um, it's as I was saying before, there's, there's a mindset that goes into when you're losing it's you it can be very self-deprecating when you're on that losing streak you know it's depending on your personality you can really beat yourself up over it and it's it's never fun and it's not easy to stop because it's just something you know that's just a part of you you know, or maybe you expect too much out of yourself. There's a little something that I've learned and read about. You know, I've read about this a lot. I've read a few books and a few articles about it. And, you know, it makes sense. It's called rational emotive behavior therapy. Um, Just another forewarning. I am not a therapist. I am not licensed or at all for any of this. So, you know, I may say some wrong things. Um, Just take my words with a grain of salt. But, um, I was saying before rational emotive behavior therapy basically what that is it's it's i guess an example of it would be not magic related is you something is happening because you're a terrible person or you know i'm just not good enough you know it's something like you know, you're stuck in a traffic jam, you know, you, and you could be feeling like, well, well, crap, you know, if I hadn't have done this, you know, it's my fault. I'm stuck in this traffic jam. You know, why does this have to happen to me? What rational emotive behavior therapy does is it tries to make you rationalize that, hey, you're in that traffic jam because that happens traffic jams happen you you have no control over that traffic jam you're stuck there so here's some examples of what i feel are common thought without using rational emotive behavior therapy um an example of you know you went oh and four at tonight's M or at a big tournament i've been there done that um and you know you must think or no no not that no, you think but you say to yourself oh you went 0 and 4 i must be a terrible player and i should just quit this game you know i'm not getting any better i'm just really terrible you know why why do i even bother and it makes you gives you feelings of wanting to quit and you're angry and sad and the thing you need to realize is you're not terrible you know, you may have misplayed or misjudged the meta, or maybe you didn't practice enough or you weren't prepared at all. You know, and that happens. Y- you are going to go 0-4 at an FNM one time. Even if you're the type of person, oh, I always win first place at FNM. No, one day you are going to go 0-4. It's bound to happen. Um, Another example is you were in battle for first place you misplayed and you lost and you start thinking, I really suck. I just never seem to get any better. You know, same type of thoughts as the other one. And you're just thinking to yourself, you know, why bother? I should just quit. You know, I'm just terrible. I suck, you know, and it brings off feelings of sadness, regret, and anger. And you just have to realize you misplayed. You're human. You are not perfect. You will make mistakes and will continue to make mistakes. Because it will happen. Everyone makes mistakes. And that includes even when you're the most important game of your life. You know, say you're at a pro tour and oh look at there, I said it pretty nice. Say you're you're battling for first place and it's what, fifty thousand dollars on the line, and you misplay and you lost. You know, I, I can't even imagine the amount of pressure one must feel you know, how how could you not feel like, oh, man, I suck at this game. I'm terrible, you know. But you also have to think, wow, you made it that far in the tournament. You you out of how many other people were able to get that far ahead and, you know, you got second place, which is not terrible. But just remember that you are human and you will make mistakes. Um, So those are just some examples of common thought without rational emotive behavior therapy examples of common thought with rational emotive behavior therapy taking in some of those practices of it let's just say yeah you went 0 and four at tonight's fnm or a big tournament you know instead of thinking oh i must be a terrible player you start thinking oh i really misjudged the meta or i misplayed a lot you know, I need to learn not to do X, Y, and Z next time. Because, you know, and see the difference in that? You're not thinking that, hey, I'm a terrible player. No, I'm not a terrible player. I just misjudged the meta. I didn't realize what I was going to be up against. You know, a good example of that was at when I went to a Modern IQ a couple weeks ago. No, in, No, near the beginning of January... I went 1 and 5. You know how bad I wanted to just and I didn't win my game until the very last round when it was just me and the other loser of the of the whole tournament cuz he went he went 0 and 6. I was the only one who beat him. Um you know how bad I wanted to just up and quit after round 3 cuz I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I suck. I'm terrible. But thinking back on it, I'm glad I didn't. Because I got more experience in Modern. Two, I completely misjudged the meta because I had no idea. I, I really had no idea what I was gonna be up against. I'm as as I've said before in other podcasts, I'm still really new to Modern. So I'm still really learning what decks are out there. There's still a lot of decks I haven't come up across and I'm still learning what they all are. So when I went to that Modern IQ, it was only the second time I had played Modern face-to-face. You know, I've played it plenty of times online practicing, but as I said before, it, it, playing it online, it doesn't do anything for me. It's I I get more out of it when I'm playing face-to-face because I can see reactions when I play cards or I can see reactions in their faces when they top-deck something. Um You know, when I went to that tournament, I just wanted to quit, but I'm glad I didn't in the end, even though I felt like, and I mean, I didn't really feel like shit, but I was feeling like, well, you know, I, I do kind of suck. But then I was thinking, well, I suck because, excuse me, I suck because I wasn't familiar with the meta and I wasn't familiar with the format enough. So, you know, that's okay. I learned a lot from that mistake. And you know what? I went to modern on Monday night at my local game store and went what two and two, I think the following Monday because I not only learned a lot, I came really close to going three and one, but I lost against like, oh God, I forgot what deck I lost against, but you know, it's, I felt like that tournament made me a better player. um, So, The other example, you were in battle for first place and you misplayed and lost. You know, instead of thinking, oh, I really suck, you know, I just never seem to get better, you, with rational motive behavior therapy, R E B T, you think, even though I lost, next time I can and should expect X, Y, and Z to happen and prepare for it. You know, you prepare for the type of decks. It's as I've been saying before this whole podcast, you study the meta, study what people are playing not only what the pros are doing but also what your local meta is too because local meta is going to be vastly different than what happens at a tournament um it's the best thing you can do is prepare 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 it's it will not only make you a better player it will yeah you know, I guess yeah I guess it'll just make you a better player yeah um the best thing that I always tell myself before an F and M or even a tournament is I try to get in the right mindset because I never get in the mindset that oh I'm gonna win and take it all. I mean, the, well, I guess that's a complete lie because there are some nights where I'm like yeah you know what I feel pretty good I feel like I'm gonna win you know and and I just sometimes I just feel like that's more of confidence than not just arrogance or cockiness but you know you have to get in the right mindset of you know that you're not going to win but you're going to go there and play well and understand that you are going to make mistakes you know you're not perfect you will lose again and again and you will continue to lose and you will continue to make mistakes but that's okay everyone does it so that's about all i really had for this podcast and you know like I said, this was sort of a topic that's near and dear to me since I'm a pretty competitive person, as I said, and I hate losing. I'll admit it. Even at my age, it's I still hate losing. Hell, I hate losing to my kids at Monopoly, because I'm just like, that's no fair. It's like I totally just bought park place and I should win the whole thing. Not really, but um No, it's um it's it's something that I struggle with a lot. And, you know, these are just a lot of things that I have learned and tell myself or try to at least and it's you know advice that i've given plenty of times especially when i was teaching martial arts it's you know a lot of these can apply to other aspects of your life your job your relationships you know just you just gotta just gotta do it um If you want to follow me, I am on Twitter at Zubatron, Z-U-B-A-T-R-O-N. The podcast also has an official Twitter um, at Magic with Zubi. I'm also in the midst of working on a Facebook group. I have not made it yet, but I'm working on it. I've also been accepted on mtgcast.com where they are a network of magic, the gathering podcasts where they have a lot of other people's podcasts on there. So check out that website too. Um, I've been subscribed to them for a while on iTunes and you know, I, I like what they're doing for the, you know, MTG podcast community. I feel like it's helping out a lot of people and it's helping me out too. So I really appreciate that. And let me see what else. Oh, um, I'm on iTunes, SoundCloud, MTG Cast. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, oh, my blog, my blog. Um, MTGZubi.blogspot.com. I try to release one to two articles a week, and you can read me blathering about a deck, or blathering about how I did at FNM, or modern, or at whatever tournament, which you know I, I'll probably talk about. I did at FM or tournaments on here too. So you can read it if you enjoy it or listen to me blab on about it. So like I said, just like to thank you for listening and have a good night. <laughs>